Nizana. My name is Brianna, and this is the Mama Nizana podcast. Today, we're featuring a local business and mompreneur. This is Danielle, who is the founder and, I guess, key queen bee of Honey Truck Co. in St. Augustine. Uh, so she's going to chat with us today about her mom life and how she came into this sweet passion of hers. So thank you so much for being here, Danielle. Can you tell us a little bit about your life before Honey Truck? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, Before Honey Truck, I was a professional photographer and I photographed families, um, seniors. I did some weddings. uh, And before that, I worked at Flagler College and did some of their social media as well as photography. And um, then before that, because I'm that old, I worked at Channel 4 as an associate producer um, at, straight out of college. So very, uh, you know, journalism, writing, photography oriented. Yeah, that's awesome. I wish I, I, wish I was a better photographer. <laughs> yeah. That would serve us well these days. <laughs> we could set up pictures better, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what prompted did the switch from all of these journalistic and photography endeavors into honeymaking? Um, either that I'm a lucrative businesswoman or I'm really stupid and just kind of <laughs> jumped headfirst into something that was exciting. But um, I just got a beehive one day and said, this is really cool. And it was kind of a side project, um, you know, just general beekeeping. I really enjoyed spending time with the bees. Uh, I ran out of space on my property for my hives and contacted a friend and said, hey, do you mind if I put bees on your property? And they said, sure, bring them over. And when I harvested that year, um, the honeys looked differently. They were different colors. They tasted differently. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is really cool. St. Augustine is such a tiny town why am I getting a different result? And so that was kind of how the, you know, beginning thoughts of Honey Truck and I could make this into a business um, came about with, um, you know, fine honey, basically, that you're selling it on such a micro scale level mm-hmm. um, that the people of St. Augustine would be interested in. That's really, in- that is really interesting, actually. I didn't think about it, the different nuances with honey. And so before you started selling it and really developed Honey Truck Co., were you just using it for yourself or giving it to people or how, what were you doing with yeah, it? Yeah, um, I was using it for myself and selling it to other people and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then I just, you know, I, I don't ever do anything halfway. And so instead of selling it as like, oh, I'm just going to sell my honey and come up with a label, I uh, contacted my friend Emily Charette and she graciously took pity on me and did a trade for our uh, branding kit for family photos. And that was kind of how I got started. I went to her and said, I need a brand, not a logo. And um, mm. that was how we kind of got started. And now, now, of course, I pay her. We are not, we are no longer trading for services, but um, <laughs> it, Honey Truck is the branding and the color and the character are just as much me as it is her. Um, mm. I come to her with a crazy idea and I say, I want to do this thing and I want it to look like this. And then she puts her spin on it and then it comes back to me and I kind of tweak it or modify it if there needs to be, you know, like, um, UPCs on there, like the barcodes, Mm -hmm. um, if I don't really like where the placement of something is. And so it's very much her and me working together to create that. Oh, that's really awesome. I love that there's like this co-working, like symbiotic relationship. You know what I mean? I feel like 
all entrepreneurs, especially moms, like kind of need that go-to person for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, it's so, it, we are so intertwined it, that if she ever said, I can't brand for you anymore, like I'm just done with graphic design and everything, I would, I would be a ship without sales. Like I would, oh, no. I feel like I, I would just be hard pressed to find somebody who could work so well with our brand that she does. Um, so yeah. Well, that's awesome. When did you know that it was time to switch and drop everything? Was there like an aha moment or was it like a gradual process? Um, it was kind of a gradual process. Mm -hmm. uh, I think once I decided that I wanted to do it as a business, I was still very much doing photography. Uh, mm -hmm. And simultaneously, as I was a professional photographer, my husband was getting his law practice up and running. And mm -hmm. so uh, from a financial standpoint, I was the one that was paying all of our bills and making sure that we were financially set. Uh, and then as he kind of ramped up, obviously, you can pay more per hour as an attorney than you can as a photographer. And um, at that point, we kind of said, okay, he can cover all of our bills now and I can focus on what I'm really passionate about. Uh, because at that point in photography, I felt like people kept coming up with, here's my Pinterest board, please make it look like this. And I just was not passionate about it. I didn't enjoy it. And, mm. and I love bees. I love selling honey. I think it's a great thing. And so, um, it was very much a, an opportune time to do that. And, um, I do understand that that comes with a, a certain amount of privilege, you know, like that my husband was in that industry and that he worked mm -hmm. really hard to, to get to a financial level that I, we didn't need my salary. It wasn't necessary. And so in that regard, it would have been a lot harder, uh, to start a business. And I also didn't have children when we started honey truck. I had about three years, um, under my belt before kids came along before the kids came along but i also think it's a really good point that you guys were aware and had that partnership and communication you know like i think sometimes we forget that any entrepreneur you know if, especially if you're married or or have kids it's like there's got to be a balance in order to exist in life <laughs> you know like yeah i got to pay the bills you can't just forget about those so <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I, again, would not be able to do what I do without my husband. Uh, he is mm -hmm. an incredibly supportive person. He drops at things at a moment's notice to come and help. Um, and, and I, and again, that's another point of, uh, opportunity because we both own our own businesses. We have the freedom to say, I'm going to mm. leave the office for 20, 30 minutes and go and do this thing. Uh, but again, honey truck would not be, where it is without him and truly just our our community of people it is very much a community brand i may be the face of the company but saint augustine is truly what has built the honey truck and i cannot say enough thanks to the people who have supported us and who have purchased honey and um just volunteered in ways that have blown me away over the years that's awesome. It is a really nice community though. St. Augustine in general. I'm yeah. partial to it. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. I, and you know, I don't know that honey truck would have worked starting off in another city. Mm. So. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting point too. Cause there is a bit of a small town vibe to St. Augustine where people actually care and they want the local businesses or like the artisans to succeed. You know, you can see that like, cause I first saw you guys at the amphitheater on one of the Mark like markets they have there, one of the farmer's markets. And that's all I like. I came 
to know your products. But you can see there's so many different vendors there all doing unique things. And you can tell that people really do care about what's happening in the little, the local nuances. So yeah, I would I use the word incubator to describe mm -hmm. St. Augustine. There's a ton of um, small brands that have started here. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, just off the top of my head, there's um, Hippo, there's Kookaburra, there's uh, the original Spice and Tea Exchange started here, and they're now Ooh. a national company that has 100 stores over the United States. Um, you know, that's just randomly not even putting any thought into these brands who have scaled greatly and have started their their small town ideas here and have just grown. Exploded. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't realize that the the tea one it was local to St. Augustine. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. There's, uh, we have two stores that are here, uh, downtown and at the mm -hmm. old jail off San Marco. And mm -hmm. I mean, now they're kind of all over the place. They have a hundred stores or more, I believe. That's so ha, that's awesome. Yeah. What, what does a day in the life look like for you now? No two days are the same. <laughs> um, so uh, on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, my son will go to a uh, school He's not school-aged yet, so he goes to school. And um, my daughter is with me all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, she comes with me to Honey Truck. And I have baby-proofed it uh, as much as I can. And she will have some Play-Doh time and playtime in a um, quarantined-off area. Uh, she does nap time, <laughs> which is currently what she is doing. Uh, we have lunch together, but that is her schedule. So I kind of work around that and my moments mm -hmm. of work happen when she is busy doing things. So today I was working on, I have a labeler, an automatic labeler that needed some fine tune adjusting. And so I was working on that while um, she was playing and I'm currently doing this during her nap. And <laughs> I have, uh, you know, packed up some wholesale orders that have to go out today and um, made some shipments, uh, you know, just kind of a hodgepodge of things. Some days will be, uh, I get up before, well, most days I get up before the sunrise, but um, I will go into the bee yard and do beekeeping that day because I do maintain hives in the city. Mm. Uh, or, um, you know, I get up and we'll come into the office and we'll be bottling day and all I'm doing is pumping honey into jars and putting lids on them or um, mixing honey or um, finding new ways to wholesale and expand our brand, making sales calls, sending emails, doing bookkeeping. Um, I'm going to be speaking at Bee College uh, at U the University of Florida in the next couple of weeks. So preparing for that, uh, you know, anything and everything under the sun, always busy, always different. It's it's great being a one woman operation, isn't it? <laughs> you get to wear it, all it, the hats. It cuts both ways. <laughs> it's a very politically correct approach. <laughs> I yeah, I feel nice. very. Um, I always use the analogy of the man behind the curtain in the Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. You know, it, yeah. you look at Honey Truck and you say, "Wow!" Like it's really impressive because we have a great looking brand and like everything mm -hmm. that I do reps the brand, and so it makes us seem bigger than we are, but it is literally just me behind the curtain doing all of the things. Uh, and it's fun. It's an adventure, right? Uh, it is. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about those bees that you're so passionate about. What do you wish like more people understood about them? 
Well, I think they are often mistaken for uh, yellow jackets or hornets mm. or wasps. And bees are not. Bees will sting you once and they die. Their stinger is barbed and it gets stuck in your skin and mm-hmm. it rips part of their bodies out of them. Uh, but And people will say, oh, it's, it's their form of self-defense, but self-defense is not you know, killing yourself. You have to think about the hive in terms of a unit. It's a super organism. So that one mm. singular bee is a self-defense mechanism in terms of the entirety of the hive. Um, mm. I also think that uh, bees are an incredibly resourceful creature that are uh, easily adaptable to change, I would say, um, Hmm. on minor scales. I mean, you're not going to just like throw a beehive in Antarctica and they'll just figure out how to live. But, um, you know, I, I just really enjoy bees and I love talking about honey and what a precious resource it is. And, um, I think that clients are often surprised to find that a honeybee will make less than a 12th of a teaspoon in her entire lifespan. And her lifespan is only 40 days. And, that's just a crazy short amount of time to do a lot of work. And so when you sell a pound of honey, it took hundreds of bees in their lifetime to make that. Wow. See, I definitely didn't know that. Yeah. That's incredible. What would you like people to know about the honey making process in particular? Well, uh, technically it is bee vomit. So <laughs> a... <laughs> A honeybee, I, I sell the most luxurious bee vomit on the market, but uh, a honeybee will go to a flower and she puts the nectar into a special stomach called a honey stomach. And mm-hmm. then she goes back to the hive and she regurgitates it into another honeybee's mouth. And that process happens three or four times and then it's actually put into a cell. And then it's uh, fanned. They aerate it to reduce the moisture content to exactly 18.6%. Uh, and then it gets capped with wax. What? And the bees do all of that. Just, that's just how they've always just done that. That's just what they do. Mm -hmm. Wow. It just sounds so crazy because it's such a delicious little substance, you know? Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) how does that happen? And how long does it take to actually be able to eat honey? Um, I mean, it's pretty immediate. I mean, within a couple of months, like if I, we're just right now is the time that we are, um, recording this. It's February, late February. Mm -hmm. And I would say the spring flow nectar flow has not happened Mm -hmm. yet. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of pollen. We're seeing green in puddles. People are having sneezing, Mm -hmm. coughing, allergy related symptoms. And that is all, uh, birth signs or birth pains, if you will, of the oncoming nectar flow as these flowers are getting ready to produce nectar and bees are out there just pollinating like crazy and foraging and bringing uh, resources back to the hive. And so when I harvest honey, uh, I harvest at the end of June, most likely, Mm -hmm. kind of depending on when the flow stops. It Beekeeping is very much farming, so I'm contingent on the weather, what the weather is doing. I'm contingent on the bees and how they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, March, April, May, June, about four months. Um, wow. So that's about how long it takes them. And it's it's a lot of honey, which is great. We I typically will harvest once a year, uh, and I will leave whatever fall fall flow happens. Uh, mm-hmm. September, October timeframe on the hives for them going into winter so that they have resources. But 
Yeah. Oh, wow. And, but would other people, I guess other companies or other brands of honey, would they harvest that too, just to increase their own supply? Potentially, yeah. I mean, if they, um, I know that commercial beekeepers will do it and they will feed their bees sugar water over the winter, which is not a problem. I mean, I I will still supply mm, okay. my bees with sugar water if needed. Uh, and it's not getting into the honey because they use it all up before the spring flow comes on again in, you know, the next year round. But yeah, they, Interesting. Um, yeah, definitely they do sell fall honey. All right. I'm learning all these things. I know nothing about honey. Other yeah. than that, I'm, we're not allowed to kill bees. You know, like that's what my 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 son's like. Oh, like the the bumblebee. I'm like, don't touch the bees. Like, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Whenever I'm in the beehive, I always say squish happens. So it just does. You know, they get in the way, and you gotta you can't move every bee out of the way. There no. are between 40 and 60,000 of them in that hive wow. at any given time. So squish happens. Are, do you have like the whole get up, like the bee suit with like the... the... Yes, yes. Are you ever scared of getting stung or do you, is it like not phase you? I'm not afraid of getting stung, but I don't enjoy it. <laughs> I have to I protect the moneymaker, you know, I can't just go in there willy-nilly, so. That's hilarious. Can we talk a little bit about your honeys? I have a couple, and I gotta tell you, it was so cute this morning. My son was like, I want peanut butter toast with honey. I'm like, okay, great. I got some new honey for you. And he goes, mommy, smells like cupcakes. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was like, okay. Yeah, uh, that so sounds great. Yeah, and the one we used this morning was the um, St. Augustine Shores. So oh, you can see we're, we're already like halfway through it. Um, yeah. It's been going in my lemon water as well. So that's my nightcap. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, but I would love to just talk a little bit about some of the differences because you did mention how when you were putting bees on different properties, you got different products. So can we talk a little bit about those differences in your products? Like uh, what's the other one I have here? I think it's just the regular one. So, yeah, so we do a host to hive program where I partner with people around the city and we put our beehives on their, you know, on their property. It has to be right for them. It has to be right for us and the bees. And I maintain those beehives year round. I put them out. Uh, we're actually getting into the season where I start moving the beehives out to people's properties and I let them do the spring flow there. And that's how mm. we get our hyper local honeys. And I will harvest. And then I move the beehives back to some land, exactly the St. Augustine <laughs> Shores. I move the bees back to some land that we have uh, around the 1695 area in town. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I'm able to maintain them for the rest of the year so that I'm not constantly jumping to and from, uh, you know, to maintain them during the off season to off season. And then what have you noticed between the different nuances? Like if you're doing, if you're having something like St. Augustine Shores, something that's more coastal, how is that honey kind of different than something that might be a few miles inland near like 95 or something? Yeah. So it has to do with plant ecology. Um, it, a fancy term is like the terrier of honey. And so <laughs> it has to do with the nutrients that that flower is getting at any given point. Mm -hmm. A sunflower that grows on the island is going to have salt in the air, sand in the soil, and a sunflower that grows inland is not going to have those resources. So the nectars they produce will taste differently. Uh, and also just the um, 
the makeup, the plant makeup of any given three mile radius bees fly uh, from their hive to gather resources. So it's going to look different. There might be more citrus trees in one location. Mm. There might be more uh, saw palmetto, which is going to give you a bit of a darker honey in that area. It just kind of depends on where the hive is placed and what the bees are foraging on. So much. I don't, I've never thought about honey in this detail before. And that it's like, well, duh, that makes sense. But like, honey you don't think as, about it. Yeah. It's as complex as wine is. I was just going to say, you're talking about like the terroir of grapes, you know, that when you said that, uh, the yeah. terroir of honey, I was like, ha, yeah, how about yep. that? Nope. <laughs> so similar. Um, what do you know about, um, if anything about how local honeys in particular can have like health benefits? I have a lot of clients who say that it helps with their allergies. I know that you mm. can use honey for wound care. I know that Manuka honey is obviously the, uh, you know, top end of that market uh, in terms of medical properties. But also, you know, if you burn your hand on the oven or something, it, you know, it can help there too. Uh, oh. It's really a good replacement for refined sugars. And I enjoy it. I enjoy it in tea, on granola, smoothies some chicken. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. I haven't done anything like that in a while. Huh. Yeah, that daddle honey on some chicken or biscuits. It's good. Yeah. Awesome. I always, I'm a huge proponent. It wasn't until I moved to Dallas that my allergies ever like started to flare up and I've lived all over. Um, and I don't know what it was in the air. And as soon as I started and we had something similar. There was a honey brand, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was hyper local, and they had hives all throughout Dallas. And that's the one I would buy. And I swear on my life that it helped me when I my allergies would start to break out. And again, I wasn't. I was in my 30s when my allergies even started. So ever since then, anytime I move somewhere, I'm like, where can I find honey? <laughs> like, yeah, where's awesome. the local honey at? I need it. Um, just switching it up a little bit to talk a little bit about how you're, you balance motherhood with your profession. You've kind of told us a little bit about it. You were a couple years in before you had your kids. So what was that adjustment like when you had your son and then your daughter in order to make this progress further? Uh, it's again, it cuts both ways. Having kids is wonderful and having them at your business is hard. And uh, just because it's hard doesn't mean it's bad. And mm -hmm. so we've made some adjustments to make it work. I do feel, uh, I do feel the weight and responsibility of owning a business and mm -hmm. having a brick and mortar store that I have to pay rent at. But, um, you know, we have worked really hard to be able to find child care for our kids, um, to be able to work within those parameters. Sometimes that means coming in after the kids go to bed and I'm, I'm working a full day. I get up at, you know, 5.15 to mm -hmm. go work out in the mornings to take care of my mental sanity. And then I'm with the kids on a Tuesday all day. And then my husband gets home at night. We do dinner. We do bedtime routine. And then I say, okay, I'm going to work. And I come back to the honey truck space to bottle honey or to work on any other thing that I have to get done that week. Mm. And then I get home at 10.30, 11 and go to bed. Uh, but, you know. It's both. And it was a gradual change. I, we started trying to have kids when we, um, decided to do honey truck as a business and mm. we couldn't get pregnant and we had a lot of issues there. And so, um, having 
our son was a surprise. It was a wonderful surprise, but you know, we thought he was a miracle baby mm-hmm. and then COVID happened. We literally had him in December and then COVID the world shut down in March. And so Ooh. that was, that was really good for me because he was a difficult first baby. I think he just knocked over all of my expectations of what it meant to be a mom and working. Mm. And so that was a very hard adjustment. And then uh, we surprisingly got pregnant a second time because we didn't think we could get pregnant and we didn't use birth control and we got pregnant. <laughs> and so we were very excited to have a second baby, but again, it wasn't really planned and it, it, it was a, a fun surprise and it happened at the right time. She was born in July, which again was when the Delta variant was a thing and the world kind of semi shut down a little bit again. And, um, you know, during that time I was able to work from home work from home loosely and, you know, got everything online up and running. We did Mm -hmm. some um, videos, YouTube, all sorts of different things to kind of keep it going to put more of an effort into our online presence. We partnered with other small businesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the ways that I came up with some of our marketing materials is I reached out to food bloggers and, uh, you know, chefs who had less than 10,000 followers on Instagram within our area. And I said, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. You're literally sitting here doing nothing. Why don't you try and make some recipes with our honey? I'll send you a ton of goodies and like some merch as a way to say, thank you. If you can create this content for me and almost everyone said yes. And so that was a really great way that I was able to like further the brand during COVID and working with kids. And so, um, you know, it's, it's both having kids is a challenge, but it's fun. And, um, I, I love coming to the market and working there and having my husband bring the kids and they get to sit in the truck. They get to see mom sell honey. They get to walk around and meet new people. And I think it's, it's a really wonderfully weird childhood for them. Well, I have to say, I was so impressed when I came to check out your facility. Uh, and first of all, of how it's amazing what you can get done in like any space, you know? And I think this is why I like to feature moms. I think they're so badass. And then you have your daughter's, you know, pack and play set up so she can nap when she needs to. And you have this whole little area like roped off, you know, so that she's safe and she can have her toys and she can play. And it's just like, I'm like, oh, here's the woman who's just finding a way to make it work. And I think so many times, like we talk, we like, I can't do it. I have kids or it's so much effort it, it, and it is hard and it is challenging. And you know, like my husband always travels and my kid gets sick or like it's, there's, it's spring break. And you're like, how am I supposed to get anything done? You know? But and I walked in, I was like, Oh, she's got this set up for success for herself and for her children so that they have a space and she has the space and she's just, there's no excuses. You're just getting it done. And I was like, this is amazing. I love this. Well, you, you did come on a very surprisingly good day for Emmy. <laughs> she turned on the charm. Uh, so uh, that is not reality. And she often will not listen to the um, fence area that I have set up for her and will test boundaries. So, I mean, outside of it, everything is relatively safe if I'm not like actively bottling or doing certain things, but, um, you know, it's, (laughs) it is, it is hard and you're right. I think a lot of times people make excuses to say, oh, well, I've got this and I can't do that. And yeah, I'm, I say that all the time and Mm -hmm. I do get very frustrated there. I mean, 
this business is literally built on my blood, sweat, and tears, and a lot of tears of, I'm frustrated, I can't get anything done. Like, I came in on Monday, it was President's Day, and Lincoln didn't have school, and so I... I got nothing done because they kept getting hurt somehow. There was a wagon they were playing with and they fell off the wagon and that was a whole thing. And then they wanted snacks and then they were tired and then all of the things. And so, no, I didn't get really anything done. But, you know, today is a new day and I came back with my daughter and we are getting things done. And, you know, you have those moments and it is hard and nobody sees that, you know, right. nobody sees that I got absolutely nothing done on Monday and that I felt the entire weight of how am I going to make this business work? All they see is, wow, she just posted this beautiful recipe of chicken and that'll honey and how wonderful. And Oh, she offers classes. That's so lovely. And it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, social absolutely. media is an illusion. It's just the tip of the iceberg. And I, yeah, it's the highlights. Well, mm -hmm. I, I think that's a really, important things uh, to kind of highlight is that there are, is a lot of stuff that happens that nobody sees and that there's still, you have to have that like tenacity and perseverance that maybe you have to go in the truck and cry for 10 minutes and feel your feelings. Or if me, I usually in the laundry room. <laughs> like that's what yeah, I cry. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then you come back out and you try again, you know, cause that's all you can do most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, and and I often have to remind myself I started Honey Truck because I wanted to be a mom who was available to my kids. And I don't mm -hmm. say that as like, oh, my mom wasn't available and so I want to be a mom that's available. But like for me in my motherhood, I want to be able to say, oh, you have whatever sporting event or school mm -hmm. thing. Yes, I'm going to be there. They need a parent volunteer for this field trip. They need a, a classroom helper for the day. I want to be the mom that does those things. I want to be available. And so in that respect, Honey Truck will always be second fiddle to my children. They're mm -hmm. always going to take priority and precedence. And, you know, it's, it's figuring out as you're juggling all of the balls, which ones are glass mm -hmm. and which ones are plastic and learning which ones to drop. And at any given point, mm. one of those plastic balls could become a glass one. And you say, okay, this is now a priority. And I have to do that because at the end of the day, I still have to pay my rent. So if I really want to go on a field trip with my kids, but I suddenly had a wholesaler call and say, Hey, I have to place a $2,000 order and I don't have the money to pay my rent yet. I'm going to go and make that order so that I know that yeah. my business is set up for success the next month. And so you know, it's, it's figuring out again, you know, which balls you're juggling are glass and which ones are plastic. Uh, I like that. That's a good metaphor, uh, glass and plastic and how they can be interchangeable at a moment's notice. But I think that's a really good thing to highlight again, is that you don't know what other people are struggling with. And just because something might seem shiny and on the outside doesn't mean there's not a lot of intricacies that are happening that need to be fleshed out or attended to. And people always think, at least in my opinion, they do tend to think like, Oh, that's so like, it must be great. Business must be booming, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, well, how long did it take you to get here? And then <laughs> like, it's not like right. it happened overnight. Like it took a lot of effort, you know, to, yeah, to become exactly. successful. And so I think 
what people don't see is there was a time where I, um, I bottled all of our honey at creme de la coco and mm-hmm. it was a great opportunity. And I'm always and forever thankful to Nils and Bailey for letting me use their space. And, mm-hmm. um, I just got too big and they were growing too. And so it was mutually beneficial for me to not bottle there anymore. And so it was a proverbial being kicked out of the nest because it was warm and comfortable, but I had to bet on myself at the end of the day. And so mm. you come into honey truck and you're like, wow, it's so pretty. There's this custom wood table that looks like flowers and honeycomb and all of these things and stuff. But I lived almost an entire year or more out of storage units because I my space was not built. I, was, I had bought all of this equipment expecting for it to be ready for me to move in as soon as I left Creme mm-hmm. and it was not ready. And there were all of these other hiccups and stuff that happened down the road. We weren't being issued our fire and safety permit for some certain reason that we finally got figured out. And like, it's just continuous problem solving. And so one of the greatest Hmm. takeaways of COVID is that the businesses that succeeded were the ones that were easily able to pivot, that they said, hey, we don't have time to wait on whatever this drama is. We haven't figured it out yet, but I have to make money. So I'm going to quickly pivot and do this thing. And so when we said, we don't have a space yet. What are we going to do? We quickly pivoted and made it work for what's going on. And it was not easy and it isn't, it is never easy. There's no cookie cutter for owning a honey company. You know, every, there's a thousand ways to spin it, to skin a cat and Mm -hmm. no one is doing it the way that I'm doing it because no one is me. And so it's, It is hard. And I feel that most other entrepreneurs will feel the same way. Mm -hmm. You can compare us and say, oh, it's similar, but no one, there's no one I can call that I can say, hey, I've got a, um, a honey pump. How did you get a cam lock to work so that you could have quickly releasable tubes so that you could clean it? Like I probably just said a sentence that you don't even understand what that is. And hundred percent you did. Neither did I about six (laughs) months ago. So you just got to figure it out. And, and I'm not good at that, you know? And so that's why I say that honey truck has been built on community because I'm not good at pivoting, but I'm very good at putting people in my life who can physically turn me and say, this is what you have to do to make this work. Hmm. That's a really interesting perspective. I like that. Like, yeah. not good at pivoting. I feel like that's all I've done my entire life is figure out how to pivot. <laughs> like, this way, that way. How do I make that work? <laughs> yeah. And I, and, I, and I mean, I'm not, I obviously have done it very well, but yeah. that's not, that's because I have surrounded myself with people who are better at doing it than me. I am very much a person who loves routine and stability, and I want every day to be similar. I want it to be predictable. And I'm very A-type. And so I have put people in my life who, you know, like my husband, who are able to say, this isn't working. What are we going to, like, you need to change this. Or this is, let's stick with it and figure out the answer to this problem. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we couldn't get our labeler up and running. It's not, the labeler that we found is not designed to label a square jar that we have. And I bought it and said, you know, I think I could modify it and I could fix it and do all of these things. And I thought it was going to be super easy, just like putting some foam over it and calling it a day. But I spent over a 40 hour work week with my dad. My parents came up, my mom watched the kids 
And we spent over 40 hours on that machine working on it, fine-tuning it, trying to figure out how it ran, how to modify it. And, like, no one will ever see that. What they'll see is, oh, wow, she's got a, a labeler. That's great. That must save her so much time. It's beautiful. Thank you. You did great. Thank you. <laughs> you did great work. That one actually is probably a hand-labeled one. Oh, I don't think even... I... Wow. Yeah. I'm pretty precise. Uh, yeah, I would never be able to do that it is yep. just not in my wheelhouse like i would i always like to say i'm a small type a like i need certain things but there's other things on the menu that i just completely like don't even look at mm -hmm. <laughs> that i'm like what is this thing i don't even know if that's hand done holy shit that's really great oh my god thank you but i think you've got a lot of practice <laughs> Cause you, somebody had to label those bottles before you got the label maker. <laughs> I would love to see the total runtime of how many hours I've spent labeling. It's really interesting too. I keep saying interesting. Um, when you, you think about the little nuances of a job and all the little things that take a lot of time, whether it's like, like for me, um, I just got like the calendar thing to like organize my calendar. But before that, and, and I still have to go back and add links and stuff because it's not all synced yet, but I just realized how much time am I spending putting things together like that? And so for you, it's like the labels and putting things together. And I don't think sometimes people realize how much time stuff actually takes. Oh my yeah. goodness. And so you just explaining that whole process is really like, you don't realize how much physical blood, sweat, and tears and labor goes into this. Ah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I just want to kind of pick your brain on, on the subject for a minute. Um, since you did a huge career pivot and other people, I think, wrestle with the same, what insight would you give another, a fellow mom or fellow mom who might be contemplating making a career change? Um, I think take whatever I say with a grain of salt because I, my husband and I are serial yes people. We, if somebody dangles an opportunity in front of us, we're going to be like, yeah, let's do it. You know, like we're just mm -hmm. going to jump in and make it work. And I think that's partly the magic of what makes us us. But also we are also very, um, like I had mentioned, you know, my husband, I was working and able to pay all of our bills. And mm -hmm. then simultaneously, he was working to build something that could pay all of our bills. And not everybody has that opportunity. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm never going to tell someone no to an opportunity. I had a professor in college who said, never say no to an opportunity, say yes and figure it out. And that's stuck with me. And, and in a lot of times, that means you're taking the hard path. Because, you know, if it were easy, everyone would do it. But, uh huh. I would say be really smart with your resources. If you have a goal in mind and you want to leave your profession and you want to jump in and bet on yourself, that's great. But make sure you plan for it. Don't just, you know, you you want to make sure that you're going to be taken care of financially, that you're not going to mm -hmm. put yourself in a, a scary position. And, and I think that it's both sides to the coin because looking back on our story, you know, there were months where we put things on credit cards and we said, which mm -hmm. bills have the least amount of late fees that we can pay later, you know? And, um, and I wouldn't say that we've pulled ourselves out. I mean, I, I think mm -hmm. that we're certainly in a very stable place, but you know, it, it's scary and you don't know mm -hmm. how that's going to go. It could have failed miserably. You know, like I joke now it could fail miserably now. 
you never know. And so I think that you can work hard at things, but be smart about the choices that you make. Mm -hmm. And do you think that that your leap of faith was worth, worth the risk? I mean, so far, yeah. And you know what? And, <laughs> and I think that even if Honey Truck closes its doors and it files for bankruptcy or, you know, whatever, I it's it's worth the ride, you know? Like, I, mm. I got to build something creative. I got to spend all of this time with my kids. I learned a hell of a lot of stuff about mm-hmm. owning and maintaining a business and how to build a brand, how to create a following, how to do all sorts of different things. And so in that way, it wouldn't be a failure. Like I think to most people, it's like, oh, well, if you file for bankruptcy or you, you know, go out of business or retire or whatever, it's a failure, but it's really not. You know, I think failure Mm. is failing to see how successful you were while you were doing it, you know? Mm. Well, and there's a, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that everything is a gift. You get something out of good and bad. So it's not a failure. If you tried, you learned something, right? You know, like you got something out of it, a lesson, uh, knowledge, uh, insight, um, something to parlay into the next chapter. Yeah. And there's one thing I, I, I thought you said that I really I just want to go back to, because I think it's really poignant, um, that you're surrounding yourself with people who make you better. And I think that is something that we just to highlight it. I, God, I keep saying interesting and highlight. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's just like, mm. those are my words today, apparently. But I just want to bring that to light because I think it's something that we forget as parents and as people that you do want, you do need people in your life that make you better, particularly in business. Um, I say that to my husband all the time. It's always best to be the dumbest person in the room because then you can learn something from everybody. Uh, so I think that is just something that should, I hope resonates with other people of that, whether it's personal or professional, having people that bring out the best in you or add a perspective or think a way that you don't think to tie it all together is invaluable. again, personally and professionally. So I love that you said that and that your husband has helped you and other people have helped point you in the right direction. Um, Because those kinds of relationships really, truly are invaluable in in every form of life. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. I I remember I played tennis in high school and um, I suck at tennis, but I really love playing tennis. It's, it's a sport that I enjoy and I really don't care if I lose at it because I'm just having fun doing it. But mm-hmm. I remember wanting to play against people who I knew I would lose against because mm. you can only get better. You know, like if you're going right. to train for something, train with somebody who's better than you that will beat you because you're going to challenge yourself. You're going to push yourself to say, I've got to catch up to them. I've got to like, mm. I want to be like them. I want to do those things. And so, you know, just putting people in your life who can point you that way. And, and I mean, I say that even emotionally and spiritually, you know, like mm-hmm. who are you surrounding yourself with in your community and which direction are they going to pull you? Are they going to enable you to make poor choices because they're making mm. poor choices? Or are they going to say, Hey, I love you. And I think that, yeah, that was fun for a little while, but mm, let's try and do these things. Like let's, let's put down the cake and glass of wine <laughs> and let's go for a run together. That's fun. Yes, I love that. Uh, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Now, where can people find you? 
Where are you located? Well, they can find us online on social media. All of our handles are Honey Truck Co. We are primarily on Facebook and Instagram. We have a website, uh, honeytruck.com. You can email us there and you can find us at the farmer's market amphitheater farmer's markets on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. We also wholesale at certain locations around St. Augustine, um, chop shop, spice and tea exchange, kookaburra, just to name a couple of them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you can also stop by our store, which is where I am now and, (laughs) uh, grab a jar. I, you can also order online. I don't, always recommend the store option because I'm a mom. So it's kind of open when I'm here loosely Monday, (laughs) Wednesday, Fridays from about 10 to three, but sometimes not, you know, scrap shoot. (laughs) No, I love that because then you can order online too. And you know what? Don't post your hours because who knows? Call first, call first. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Danielle. I really appreciated learning about honey and your mom life with you. And for all yeah, of you, thank you ter- for having me. I'm happy to, you know, talk with you guys and thank you so much for having us. And if anybody has any questions, feel free to reach out or stop by the store and I wish you the best. Thank you. I appreciate it. And for everybody listening, I hope you're having fun learning things you didn't know you needed to know. 